Spartans to Mission Debrief. We're playing every mission of the mainline Halo video game series in chronological order, discussing our experiences and sprinkling in a little lore along the way. If you'd like to play along and have your thoughts read on the show, email us at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. We'll be playing the Data Hive mission from Halo 3 ODST on the next episode. This episode, we're debriefing Kikawani Station from Halo 3 ODST. I'm your host, Colin Perkins, alongside David Arnold. Hello, everybody. And Krista Brown. How much for the Kikawani special? If you have to ask, can't afford it. Ah, shit. (laughs) The uh, last mission, we were on NMPD HQ. Buck and Romeo climb to the NMPD headquarters rooftop in order to be picked up by the pelican that just saved Dutch and Mickey. However, the pelican gets shot down, and the two are forced to track down their location on the rooftops of New Mombasa. The four Alpha 9 members finally reunite during an epic showdown between the Covenant Air Support and the UNSC Heavy Weapons. Then, Romeo takes a gravity hammer to the chest. Ouch. Current mission, Kikawani Station, um, the ODST squad is finally back together, sans the rookie, and must find a way to um, save Romeo and get out of the city. With the maglev train tunnels flooded, Buck makes the executive decision to hijack a phantom. Sounds easy, right? Uh, Maybe more so than you think. However, it's escaping the city that ends up being the hard part. We are uh, still on October 20th. This entire game is uh, on this day, 20, uh, 2100 hours, so it's five hours after the drop. And we are now playing as Buck, back in Buck's shoes. Um, we're probably going to talk about this throughout the mission, but this mission is a great dialogue. like Lots of good, friendly, fun banter during this mission, so definitely crank up the, um, the volume if you are planning on playing this again. But uh, lots of good stuff going on in this mission, and it's a it's a flying mission, which is great. Yes, lots the best of kind of mission. Oh, super cool. Mm-hmm. So, David, do you want to try to do the cutscene? Are you recalling kind of that cutscene opening intro at all for us? I should, because I just played it today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, the Rocky, you make yourself to the station, and the item that you pick up and interact with is a biofoam canister. Uh, well, before we get there, sorry, I, I, like, I always cut. I always kind of talk through Mombasa streets. So I'm forgetting, forgetting that. Um, so let, let's do a little bit of that first. Um, sure. Because there's a couple things that I, I do want to mention. So apologies there. Um, one of the things I've noticed right when you get back to to being a rookie is you kind of have this somber piano music, and that that's kind of, you know, the music in ODST is just great in general. Uh, but I really noticed it um, there, uh, in particular. Um, so the you know we we were um, you know rookie down below and he he looks up the camera kind of looks back down on rookie so it's kind of taking you back down out of the skies and then um, you know you're looking at that sniper rifle that you picked up and you know rookie tries to bend it back but um, you know obviously you're not going to use that so he just hucks it and then we see a phantom fly overhead and, and some some brutes and jackals get dropped off as normal um, one of the things that I kind of want to mention here is, is you're now kind of have free reign of the entire map at this point. And we've talked about the audio logs in, in the past. So now is a good time to go out and, and get them all. Um, and just, you know, find a map online and go around and get them. 
you actually can. So I'm playing. Um, I'm doing a playlist on Master Chief Collection, and I didn't have all the audio logs when I, like, when I kind of made it further in the game here, and I realized I couldn't go and get them. But you you can still like pop out of the playlist, go just to the open Mombasa Streets mission, collect all the audio logs, and then go back to your playlist. So just as an FYI, you can do that. Um, but if you do want to just kind of continue on with this one save state that you're playing with, it, this this version of Mombasa Streets is the is the time to go go wander around the the city and go grab everything. And there's lots of little nooks and crannies that aren't directly in between you and the, the beacon that you find. I, I when I went around and got all the audio logs, I was finding myself being like, oh, I've I've forgot about this place. This is a cool little area. So there's lots of of, of places to go check out. So do that now. Krista or David, did you guys have you guys done that yet? Have you done that wandering yet? No, not yet. I had I don't want to do it again because when I did it on the Xbox 360 version, I had gotten all I had thought I had gotten all of them. Mm-hmm. But then I had missed one. Yeah. And so I had to go back and do all of them. So I still have like PTSD from doing that cuz I was so <laughs> pissed off. I was so angry like that and it was just like an hour of me going, "God, damn this game. I've got to go yep. back and try to look." At it. So, I have I've been putting it off, but um the map just I to, found was accurate. It was just I think I did miss one or two also, so I just had to backtrack a little bit to to remember. Okay, I think this might have been one I missed because because you you know like if you're picking up them up along the way, you know I you have like a handful of them. You don't necessarily remember which ones they are, so you still have to start you know from one like on one, the map yeah. and go all the way around. So if you get to one that you that's not there, not you don't immediately recognize, you're like oh I think I got this one. I'm just gonna go to the next one. Um, so yeah, it can definitely be frustrating. Yeah. So what what you end up what you should end up doing is I take the map, I put it into paint, and then I just start like crossing off the ones I got. Oh, nice. So yeah. I would go like I go to one. I make sure that I know where one is. I if I don't see it, cross it off. I've gotten that one. Go to two. So it's it can be very very tedious. I definitely know games where it's more tedious. But the problem with ODST is as you unlock. All of the as you unlock the audio logs, it just gives you the next piece of dialogue. Mm-hmm. So there's no way of tracking which ones you've gotten and which ones you haven't right. in game. So you yeah. have to either do it by yourself or you just have to go through and look at every single place that an audio log exists, which is kind of annoying. Games today have kind of gotten over that and they will say, "Oh, this is piece number one of so and so" as you're mm-hmm. going through the game. So that's just kind of that's just kind of a relic of its time, really. Yeah. But uh, it is annoying. Uh, once you unlock them all, you're done. You never have to unlock them ever again. In Unless they do ODST on like the next console, and then you have to yeah. go back and do it again. But no matter how many times you restart the game or you know delete your save file or whatever, you will always have those audio logs. So you really only have to do it once. It's mm-hmm. worth doing. There's a really cool tie-in, but it's annoying. I found a ghost at one point. I don't know yes. if you guys found that ghost, and I, I cruised around with that, and then I think it might have just disappeared on me at one point. <laughs> I think so the ghosts do despawn. despawn. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah there, yeah, there are a couple ghosts hidden on the map, which are really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Which is so, really good for finding the stupid audio logs, because you don't have to get out of the vehicle to shoot. They're not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's stupid in the it's stupid in the context of how long it takes and how yeah. you can't track them and, and that stuff you can't like track that. Them in the game. But yes. put on your favorite Netflix show, 
and just cruise through <laughs> cruise through the yeah, city. Listen to a podcast. The listen good thing about the audio evolve. logs is they will make you go to areas that you don't know exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. So they force they force you to go through the city and really appreciate how detailed the city is. Yeah, you you when I was doing it, I kind of appreciated. Wow, this is actually a pretty big area. Yeah. Um. So that that felt cool. Some some different encounters and and some fun stuff to find along the way. Um, but as I mentioned, if you if you don't do that, you you can still go back after the fact before like reboot Data Hive. But but this mission ends and then Data Hive pretty much picks up right away. So now is the time if you if you don't want to have kind of have to go bounce back and forth is to do it now. Yeah, until the end of until the end of the game, you're kind of locked out of Mombasa streets. Right, and the yeah. and we've talked about the thirtieth audio log being in Data Hive. It's actually a little ways into Data Hive, so if you don't want to like be part way and then realize you don't have them like just just kind of do it now yeah anyway so one of the other things that i noticed as i was going around because because the superintendent's kind of directing you to the audio logs um there and we probably talked about this at one point but i noticed it here especially is like there'll be a car alarm when i'm coming around a corner and it wasn't an audio log it was like there was a bunch of bad guys there's a bunch of covenant so it was interesting there's one or two cases for that where um, it was just letting me know that hey you need to you need to actually watch out for yourself. Um, I didn't pick up on that earlier, but maybe that's because I figured just a car alarm meant that there was a audio log nearby, and I may have just run by it or something like that. That's what I thought as well. Yeah. But that's really interesting that it's kind of alerting you to enemies in mm-hmm. the area, enemies yeah. and stuff. It's cool. And it did look like when I went to an audio log location, I'm forgetting what the sign says, but it, and and I'd already picked it up. There was a like a red like there was a red screen that's that more or less signified that I've already been there before, already grabbed it. That's really cool. Yeah. So that might have been an addition in MCC, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't like I just I don't remember looking at the details as much when I first mm. played through ODST on the three sixty because I just wasn't looking for that. Yeah. Like just playing, playing through mission, doing mission debrief and podcast evolved makes you play through the games a little differently mm-hmm. and pick up on just nuanced stuff. So it's kind of interesting to go back through with a fresh perspective and a kind of different way of looking at looking at things. So yep. So this beacon is pretty much at the top of the map, and so you have to you have to get, go all the way north. There's the city's kind of split in in two sides, and the the the, the right side, the east side you can actually travel further up north and you do reach a point there's like a fork in the road kind of where you can either go to the left of the building or the right um to get around into the beacon and i went to the right and there ended up being kind of a um you know those little structures that are in the middle these like roundabout things there was one of those and some brutes and a bunch of jackals that i had to deal with i don't i didn't go back around to the left so I'm not sure if you guys did. Either you guys go to the left on that part, or you guys recalling what I'm talking about? I think I did because I fought hunters and stuff. Oh, you did. And jetpack brutes okay. and stuff. I yeah. didn't see any hunters there. Um, so there's going to be some resistance either way, and then you kind of just work your way around. Uh, another interesting. So you kind of you kind of get past all of that stuff, all the covenant, and um, you know, there's lots of of lulls in Mombasa streets. But I we got up to the area where the the beacon actually is. And, you know, again, I just kind of wander around and try to explore the city as much as possible. I went up to a garbage can and the garbage can, like the big, those big canisters. Mm -hmm. um, And it like shut on me. Like it almost, I don't know, it was bizarre. You can't actually push X on it. But I hadn't noticed that before either where, 
maybe there's just some environmental activity that, that triggers by proximity. Um, anyway, just a little creepy thing. So now you're, you're finding now kind of was what David is talking about. I'll give it back to you, David, is where you pick up that biofoam canister. Yeah. So you get the train station. You find your biofoam canister and initiate the mission. So it cuts to the rocky picking the canister up, kind of using it, squirting a little bit of it and kind of throwing it away. And then it cuts down to Alpha 9. And they're scrambling across the streets. And Romeo is in a real bad way. So he's got a pungent mm-hmm. lung. So he collapses on the ground. Um, there's a bit of chit-chatter. Mickey goes down into the station, train station to have a kind of scout on ahead. And Buck takes out a biofoam canister and ejects it into Romeo's yeah. chest. And it, and it like fixes him. Yeah, and it just like <laughs> yeah. fixes him. So like biofoam is amazing stuff in the Halo universe. So it like temporarily kind of fixes him. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's like a phantom goes by. So the guys kind of, they trigger the button on the door and have the kind of railing cut down because, you know, that's going to stop Covenant. So then the guys kind of scramble back down into the trade station. And that's where Mickey realizes or calls Buck that you better come see this. And it's pretty much just full of Covenant. Mm-hmm. And the actual train station is down and flooded. So the plan was to go through these old tunnels and walk out of the city. Um, but it's actually full of Covenant. And we'll find out in a little while later. Why? Yep. So then that's pretty much it. Uh, Buck comes up with the idea. Okay, Dutch and Romeo are going to stay here. And Mickey, we're going to capture a phantom. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty much it. The mission begins. And that's your kind of a loose objective. Yep. Capture that phantom. So do you guys have an idea why... The, the tunnels were flooded was just because of I don't know if they ever explained that specifically they're just flooded which is cool which no, is fine I, I mean so. it probably makes sense with a big explosion or just the the, um, the invasion in general maybe the covenant flooded the tunnels to try to keep people from escaping that sort of thing but I don't think they ever specifically explain what happened unless it's just from the slip space rupture that it like damages the infrastructure and maybe right. a dam breaks or something and yeah. they just become flooded I'm not sure Yep. It is raining a lot too in this game, so maybe there's a lot of crazy weather. I'm not sure. Oh, that's true. Well, it could be because part of the city's shut down as well, which means maybe stuff isn't getting drained properly mm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and true. also, the Covenant are digging, so. Hmm, yes. That's a good <laughs> digging point. tends to cause problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> Make sure to call your local energy <laughs> before you dig, energy company. <laughs> Make sure you don't hit a water line. <laughs> mm hmm. That's right. So there's again, there's good dialogue throughout. We kind of mentioned that earlier, but um, Buck Buck says, "Mickey, you're with me." And uh, Mickey says, "Gunny, I can fly a pelican, but a phantom? It's been years since I ever ran a simulation." And Buck says, "Well, let's see what you remember, Trooper. Let's move." Um, lots of good stuff, just kind of like that. Just like we're gonna wing it. We're just gonna make the best of it. Let's go. The city is super dark now. Um, the night has fallen. So I think the last mission was three hours after drop. And so now it's five hours. So it took them a while yeah. to get through that last mission the, on the top of the, the police department. And then they had to get down. And then they had to get to, to Kikawan. And, you know, they were dragging Romeo with them. So uh, some time has passed. And as you mentioned, David, Romeo is, is in rough shape, you know, over the course of those couple hours since we... Yeah, one of the trivia points is kind of like just calling out the fact that Romeo survives for a long mm-hmm. time with a yeah. punctured lung and no medical <laughs> attention before they get to the biofoam. Also, he's not a Spartan, So I imagine maybe that. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, 
the only kind of loose solution I can think of is that maybe that's not the first canister of biofoam that they've sure. injected into him. And that's just kind of keeping him limping along. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it looked like it made it look like I think he grabbed the canister from Dutch maybe. And he might have had a couple with him, but yeah, that that could be it. Yeah, who knows? All right, so now you, you, you see the phantom off to the side, uh, to, to the left, that you that you were planning to go escape, um, hijack. You can also go to the right. Did you guys go down there? Today I did. I had never did? really done it before, just to see what was there. Just nothing. Just there's like nothing. A little train station. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just, there's a busted up train just kind of sitting there, or like monorail, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's all sparking down there, and, yeah. but you, it's, there's nothing to really collect or anything down there. It's, I mean, it's just environment. Like this, this mission. I, I, guess, I think the the rest of the game, there are just big environments to explore in general. Um, so they they definitely do a good job job with that. More so than I feel like in the past missions, where it feels more like. Well, I guess some of them are, feel more open, but um, this these last couple missions do feel wide open and feel like you can just wander around, which is cool. Mickey kind of heads off, and he'll just go way up. So when I was going to explore <laughs> yeah. to the right, like he'll just go. <laughs> he's, just, he's, yeah, just, he's just fighting. I wasn't even halfway through, and he's like, "Okay, I'm in the I'm in the Phantom." I'm like, uh. "Oh, really? <laughs> oh, he, he just, went way ahead for you." Yeah, he just walked past the brutes, just all casual, like I'm like, oh, "All right, man, if that's what you want to do." <laughs> just strutting his stuff right on by. I like it. <laughs> just just the casual whistling as he walks towards the Phantom. <laughs> he's like skipping. <laughs> Um, there are there's uh, some beam rifles to pick up, so you, you, you kind of advance a little ways off to the left once you finally decide to stop exploring. Um, and there's some beam rifles there, so you can actually do a lot of, of sniping here um, and, and clearing out. And there's those little explodey canisters. Um, oh, I love those. Do you guys know what those are, those little guys that blow up? I think they're full of plasma or Power something. Cells? Yeah, yeah, I guess so, plasma. It's probably just... Because most of their technology runs off plasma, so I would imagine mm-hmm. it's a power core of some type. Yeah. That's what I always assumed it was, yeah. Like a portable generator thing. They're very dumb at their placement. They're like, you know what? We're going to stand right next to the explodey thing. It's right. going to be great. <laughs> um, and there is, so there's there's plenty of, of Covenant. You know, I mean, we just keep naming them over and over, right? Brutes, jackals, grunts, you know, there's all those. Um, I do want to correct myself on uh, the last couple missions i'm recalling i think we've mentioned the chieftain or we've mislabeled chieftains um the chieftains are just the big dudes with the gravity hammers those are the chieftains there are brute captain majors and those are the guys that look similar to the chieftains but don't have the big gravity hammer they have like a gold armor um and they're usually they have a brute shot or they have some sort of a heavier weapon that they're attacking you with so so those guys are are scattered throughout the game more so than just the chieftains themselves. Um, so just a, a little correction. I just wanted to make sure that we, we called that out because I've been, I know I've been calling everybody chieftain right now, and that's that's incorrect. The brute captains were from Halo 2. I think we touched on that in a previous episode. Those are the guys with little flags, and those guys just, we don't see them anymore. Um, so we advance further. You know, we, we clear out the area, blow up those canisters. Those are your best friend. Um, you know, beam rifle if, if you can, and then we get to the, the kind of the hijacking where Mickey just hops in, and then um, he makes a comment about like it being purple in there, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is good. Yeah. Well, he's like green across the board, or I mean purple, or something like that. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good. And then yeah, he 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 takes that, and then you you hop in a banshee, which is great. 
this is, this is good times here. Um, so so we, for the pretty much for the rest of the mission, you're in a banshee while um, Mickey, he goes and picks up uh, Dutch and Romeo, and they both man one of the turrets within the Phantom. And this is just great. This just feels like a, this is a great moment in in Halo in general is where you're flying. You know, the mission, the specific mission is to hijack Covenant vehicles and, and take them to your objective. It's so good. Yeah, it's very fun. Um, and if you're, if you didn't, you should have, but don't forget to use your, um, is it the fuel rod? Is that the B button, I think? Banshee bomb. The Banshee bomb. Banshee bomb. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It depends. So, it really depends on what layout you're using, but sure. it, it isn't. So on some, in some of the Halo games, you have to switch to the Banshee bomb. And in right. some Halo games, you just press one of the A, B, X, Y buttons. It's mm-hmm. press one of the A, B, X, Y buttons. They're called face buttons, Krista. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, so don't forget to use that. And um, I didn't really do many, um, I don't know what they call like, flips Banshee or anything tricks. like that. Yeah, I didn't do many tricks. Aerial maneuvers. There, there the, you go. The Halo 3 ones are really slow. Halo yeah, Reach, they they're like mm-hmm. super fast and actually useful, but in Halo Three, it's like I'm gonna do a barrel <laughs> roll. It's like okay, great, I just got yeah. shot fifty times doing the barrel roll. Right. So yeah, so st- style points at your um, caution, at your own caution, your own despair, your own peril. <laughs> but there are lots of banshees around, so they are littered. This whole area is just littered with banshees. So if you're smoking, if you, one of your wings is, is kind of looking rough, don't. And, and your buddies will actually, the Alpha Nine team will say, "Hey, uh, that you probably want to switch out banshees because you might explode." <laughs> you on fire, bro? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So I'm yeah, I'm surprised they, at how much the Phantom does. Like it just it does it does doesn't just sit there and go from checkpoint to checkpoint. It'll stop, shoot some enemies in an area until they're all gone, and then move mm-hmm. on. Yeah, which is really nice. Yeah, I felt like it did pretty pretty good damage even on heroic. I'm sure it's even it's less so on legendary, but I felt like it did some 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 good you know some good teamwork for me. I was feeling it. I mean, you still have to go. I mean, you could probably do the whole mission with it. Maybe just the phantom doing stuff, but that would take a long time. Yeah. So you you got to do your own work too. Um, so now we're we're really just proceeding through the areas, and we we get to these big giant doors. That um, let's see, the first one I think we just fly through, right? Uh, you have to you have, or do to, you have to get out and open. That you have one to push first? the button, yeah, That's and then you right. fly through. Yep. No, the first one opens by itself, and two banshees fly out at you. Oh, That's right. That's okay, the yeah. very right away, first the one. The very yeah. first one. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Um, so you do fly through there, and then I think right around here is when you see the uh, Huragak recharge stations, or they call I... them squid houses. <laughs> is that what the uh, yeah? That's what they call yeah. Them. They call them squid houses. Yeah. Okay, I like that. We'll call them squid houses. Much better than Huragak <laughs> recharge station. <laughs> but that's where our little tentacled friends hang out, have coffee breaks, mm, explode, yeah. <laughs> and explode, explode and die. And that's probably why they are extra explody is because there's Hurgak in there that are are um, that have the bombs on them, right? I mean, that would. Kind I of mean, make sense. I would imagine they would also rig these stations to be super explody, just because yeah. the Covenant are really adamant about asset denial with the Hurgak. Mm-hmm. So I mean, 
it would make sense for them to just make them huge targets if an enemy were to come around there was be no way for them to really retrieve anything from those stations yeah there's a lot of Hurgok. have you guys looked into why this faction of i mean because this is the regret team still they have so many Hurgok. it's ridiculous well there's i mean they're looking for a forerunner artifact yeah that's true so i mean Hurgok are very knowledgeable about forerunner artifacts so Mm -hmm. i'd imagine that's why they have so many of them and they're kind of their slaves, too. And we've talked about how Hurigak can make other Hurigak. So they've mm-hmm. probably done their their fair share of forcing Reproduction them to thing? do that. Yeah. Well, and they're super, like, yeah. because Regret brought quite a small team to Earth because he didn't think that there would be, you know, people on Earth. They thought it mm-hmm. would just be an uninhabitable planet or something like that. So it would make sense for them to want to breed more Hurigak to make new weapons, make new vehicles, repair vehicles, all that kind of stuff, because they have limited assets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, it's probably like taking like a science team, let's say, or like this kind of like exploratory investigation kind of fleet that came in with um, Truth. Mm -hmm. Or was it Regret? No, it's not Regret. Who came to Earth? No, it was Regret. Regret came to Earth first. first. Yeah. Yeah, Regret came to Earth. So regret was coming to Earth with like not a military force, more so looking for covenant or so you were looking for forward attack. So it's probably got more engineers yeah. for that reason. Yep, that makes sense. So we go through these tunnel areas, which I don't really know what they are, but like I don't. I, I was thinking about that as I was going through mission. Like, why are why are these things even here? Gameplay wise, gameplay it makes they're, sense. They're literally like just a, loading areas, but yeah. City-wise, maybe they're checkpoints of some sort? Sure. I imagine there's large amounts of cargo that comes through here, maybe either flown in and then put on rails and transported mm-hmm. elsewhere, because it is, the station is a kind of a train station, but maybe it's yeah, kind of... Yeah, there's like a, little, a couple of offices in there, and yeah. That must that be sense. what it is, because yeah. every single one of these areas has an office at the beginning and an office at the end, so it might mm-hmm. be them checking them in and checking them out yeah. or something like that, just a way to track the cargo as they go through these ports. Yeah. And there is a door to go straight ahead. Because so, but they just force you to go the other yeah, side. Yeah, and when you come, and when you come out the end, you come out on a coast. So like, that's why I think it's you're all kind of, it's it's kind of like that's like a port. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's a big Piece city, they're probably they're probably flying in a bunch of different resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so we proceed through this area and this, that, you know, flying through isn't too bad, but then once you have to go and open one of the doors, then it gets a little bit rougher. Um, so you keep going and, um, there is a spot that kind of opens up and then you have to, to fly through. I think there's a, a, um, a Banshee that's above one of those recharge stations or excuse me, a phantom. And so you can kind of blow that thing up just by blowing up the recharge station. It'll take that thing out. Um, or it'll, you know, if you don't get to it soon enough, it'll just kind of fly off. Um, and then you, then that's when you get to the, to the, the, the door where you have to actually hop out and then, you know, t- hit the button. And then this is the one, I think this first one here is where you, do you hit the button and then fly through. I'm trying to think here and read my notes. Yeah. yeah so you yeah. get out, hit the button, this then the fly one, through. The second door, yeah. Right. Um, so there, so there's three of these points. And then, um, then the next one that you get to is where you actually hop out, and then it only it, the door jams, and then you actually have to walk through. 
and that po- that part is fairly tough. Oh, there's a bunch um, of brutes in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of of, of brutes at, at kind of at the end. I found at that point there are some there is some covenant weapons that you can go pick up in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, kind of at the end at, at that front area, but there's I think there's a turret at the top, and then a bunch of brutes are just kind of hanging out in the back. So some of them will come advance, um, but a lot of them will stay back. So you kind of have to, to to head up further up that little ramp, and that will trigger them to come down. And that there is a chieftain in there. Yeah, with the hammer. Oh, mm-hmm. I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's your approach on this, David? How do you kind of approach this area? What I did today was I had a fully uh, ammo maxed out ammo fuel rod cannon because I ca- mm-hmm. I dropped and got out of my banshee and collected the ammo for it. Uh, when you were fighting oh, the nice. various kind of grunts and stuff with it. So I brought it into the tunnel and I just wrecked shop with, uh, with the fuel rod. And I had the flamer grenades from the stealth guys. They're always handy and they're great against chieftains. Now he'll still pop his invincibility, but um, the flame is just awesome. It burns yeah. right through them. He didn't pop his invincibility for me at all. So this is something no. that is a little more prominent in Halo 3 because you can actually pick it up. But all of the chieftains have this inci- invincibility thing, which is like... Just really bad um, armor lock, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bad for us, because they can run around with it. So it lasts for, what, like 30 seconds or something? Yeah. Enough yeah. for it to be really, really annoying. Because so. they can run right on up as you with a gravity hammer. Yep. Yeah. It's... They just so call down. And like there is Hurigox here giving them shields and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was the shield and not his invincibility. Because um, he took a lot of damage before I could get him down. Yeah, that was probably it. There's, there's definitely a Hergok back But it was there. fun. But it was fun. It's challenging. It's good. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you know, I know you guys are playing on, on normal, and it's still challenging on that. But as you ramp up, you know, all the way up to Legendary, this is, is definitely a little sticking point right here. And, like, on Legendary, you have to salvage for those weapons in the bigger areas. Because there's a lot of different enemies in those big areas, and there's a lot of hidden weapons in those areas. So you really, not the, not the tunnels, but the big cityscapes. Mm-hmm. So you have to go around salvaging for some of the um, weapons like the fuel rod to really get through that, depending on your strategy for legendary. Um, really quickly, so I'm reading through my notes here. Um, one thing I missed before we get to this area, I, when I was flying the Banshee around the kind of the big open area before we got just got in here, um, I flew it all the way up, and there was a dialogue point where you can actually fly up and you can see... A bunch of covenant and, and there's a dialogue point that says the covenant are gathering around the hole from the slip space rupture which i thought it was just kind of interesting is that and i think that has more to do with the portal as well yeah that's um, part of the, but they yeah. do comment on that here just i would imagine the explosion i would imagine the explosion from the slip space rupture did a lot of the digging for them yeah right in some regards so that might be what it is mm-hmm so they might just be using that pre-existing hole and just making it bigger. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's probably how they found it. You know, it probably revealed a certain part of it, and then, then they started digging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. All right, sorry. Sorry, I just um, need, wanted to touch on that little nugget. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but um, so let's get back. Yeah, it happened to me as well, but I couldn't actually see anything because I wasn't up mm-hmm. high enough. Okay. So I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I just went flying back down and continuing on yeah. with the mission. I think I'd heard it before. So once you clear out, you know, back in the tunnel, once you clear out this area, and you kind of have to clear it out, I think, um, 
because then you do trigger there's a button in the in the other office right to open the door mm -hmm. so then that will kind of unjam the door and then and then your buddies uh, mickey and crew can fly through i had a fuel rod cannon and a, a gravity hammer i was feeling really really good about myself and then I realized I didn't, I couldn't use it anymore. Yep. <laughs> so, I was like, come on, let's go. Let's do some combat. And then now we, uh, we get to fight a scarab. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, right before that, when you come out through these doors, there's an anti-air wraith on the right of you, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So that was kind of fun to fight. Yeah, I noticed that. And then that. there's a whole bunch of banshees and there's stuff. There's a couple there. of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the anti-air wraiths are really interesting. You really only see one in Halo 3 once, and you don't, you yeah. never... You never get to fight the... In Halo 3, you don't really get to fight the anti-air wraiths from the air. So mm -hmm. they're pretty cool. You do. You have that mission with the Hornet. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that. But they're super cool. They literally just fire, fire a million fuel rods. There are yeah. ways to glitch into them in Halo 3 and in Halo 3 ODST if you fancy yourself a hacker man. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can. And you can fire them. them actually, yeah. you can actually use them. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool! So yeah, you could use it's... that to kill the scarab potentially. Uh, I think they're too far away. I don't from know the if scarab. you can. You might there. be far. Yeah, you might be too far away. I did find like you for might... the anti-air wraiths that like a medium distance from them, they just won't fire at you anymore, and they'll just sit there. Mm, <laughs> at least on yeah. normal. I'm not sure if that changes. Yeah, they're not very um, difficult to to manage. Just yeah, cool. I mean you have to you have to move because they fire a ton of fuel rods at you. But other than that, you just don't stay in one spot and you'll be fine. The uh, more good dialogue here. So once you kind of open the oh, finally open the doors and you can kind of see the scarab from this distance, Buck will chime in and say, "Troopers, I got bad news." And then Romeo says, "What? You really gonna make us make us walk out of this city?" And then Buck says. We got a scarab right by our exit. And Romeo says, ah, this is the best mission ever. <laughs> um, so they're having fun, I guess, right? Like, they're having fun kicking ass in this, this little stage of the game. Um, and then Dutch does chime in and says uh, to take out the legs, which is really the strategy here for the scarab. You kind of have to, don't you? I mean, I, I there was a one point where I think I got one or two of the legs. You and I, don't. I was flying around to the back. And I think that it kind of got stuck for me for a while um but then it was just kind of playing like a little dosey -si doe <laughs> for me to, fl to fly around and realize okay i just have to take out these legs but you can take out the scarab traditionally like you can i do it sometimes i jump out of the banshee and like oh yeah board it and fight mm -hmm. the enemies and then you can go to the weak point and shoot it you can totally take out the scarab right. oh so you can do the the halo 3 version you can. yeah you, t you totally can and it's fun and it's tough but it, it's fun i love doing it just like crashing my banshee into it and hopping mm -hmm. out and fighting my fighting the crew and stuff it's hell of fun that's cool krista what do you do usually uh so for this one since i was playing on normal i just uh one of the legs is right by a squid house so if you blow up that squid house it automatically damages the leg enough for it to go down mm -hmm. and just flew to the back and just killed it that way i only needed one leg but that's because i was playing on normal mm. also just another note on the scarab so this is a different variant from the Scarab we saw in Halo 2 Anniversary. Halo 2 Anniversary, it is a Type 47A. In Halo 3, Halo Wars, all the, all pre, basically all of the other Halo games, it's a Type 47B. The main difference is Type 47B is made of the 
like Golo, which is what the hunters are made of. Mm-hmm. And then the Type 47A in Halo 2 is literally just machinery. So so the so these ones, when you say they're made of them, that's it's kind of like the same way or I guess give me your understanding. It's it's kind of like the hunters where it's just like this form of of worms and then just armor is just mm-hmm. added to the top of it. Yeah, you can see it a little better in Halo 3, but when you go up to the core where you shoot, like it has the little thing in the middle and all around it is the red worms coming out of it. Mm-hmm. So you can really see that it actually is made of the Lekolo. And we'll probably cool. talk about that a lot more in Halo yeah. 3 once we get there. But it's a cool little thing. They are different, which is why you approach them a little differently. But they are drilling. That's <laughs> what they're for. Yeah, they're not really for combat. They're, they're excavation. for excavation, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, they use them for combat because they can. Yeah, because they're the Covenant. Why not? They are, yeah. All right, so we we take that bad boy out, and um, that I think that just triggers it, right? Or do you have no? You actually do have to get out and then open the door, and then you have to fly through that next door, and then yeah. that triggers the, the the end cut scene from there. There, um, you do have a fun moment as you're flying through that last tunnel to blow up. Just there's just a ton of of the the squid houses on the walls in that next area, and so you just hit one or one of them, and everything will blow up. And that pretty much triggers. It's super cool. cool I love that. Yeah. yeah. Chris, did you want to do the end cut scene? Sure. Uh, so they're flying out of the city. Uh, Buck does a really cool maneuver where he jumps out of his banshee and falls into the... Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, the gravity well in the Phantom. I'm just like, oh my god, you have you are way more braver than I am. But <laughs> yeah. it's it's pretty interesting. And then they just kind of have some banter, just keep her stealthy. They complain like, oh, I'm glad we're not in those tunnels. They're either flooded or packed with buggers. And then Buck has a flashback. And in the flashback, he's it's the first cutscene from the game. It's Buck saying, come on, Veronica, what could be more important than that carrier? And then Dare just saying, my orders. And Buck, call me captain. And apparently... Just through those two dialogues, he realizes where Dare is. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't so sure if I picked stupid. up on, like, didn't missed it or what, but yeah, it's not a clear no. connection at all. No, it's not. It's a very vague connection. It doesn't really make any sense. I wish, I wish there was a better dialogue option for just a kind of a flashback to really connect it. But then he's mm-hmm. like, okay, we have to go... We have to go and set her down. He doesn't say where, and he's just, I lost something. Now I know where to find her. And they yeah. uh, turn the Phantom around and <laughs> head back to the city. So I just, I always found that particular dialogue a little strange. And just, mm-hmm. it, it seemed like they were forcing, like they needed it's something. Very loose. They need, like, yeah, they needed something yeah. to get them back into the city, and it felt very forced. Yeah, I mean, movies and TV and, you know, just stories in general will do this sort of, I don't know, mechanic is probably the wrong word, but, um, True. but at least plot points. Yeah, yeah, plot point, but it's, they do a better job of drawing that connection. Whereas like, if you maybe watch it once or twice and listen to the dialogue, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Whereas I mean, this Romeo really... says, you couldn't pay me to go back down there. And that seems to spark like, oh, pay, I, this is my own thing. Like, okay, pay him as in like, it's his job. Oh, wait, it's Dare's job. Dare's job was to do the thing. Or maybe she's in the tunnel. Excellent. She's in the tunnel. Let's go through the tunnel. Yeah, and, like, the reason for her being down there, like, (laughs) it's never, like, they never really mention the superintendent much. 
just these guys talking about it. So, I mean, the connection just doesn't seem to really be there and just their individual yeah, stories and their individual, like, interactions. It's the, uh-huh. the connection is very, very strange, but it happens. Yep. Needed a reason to go back and, and save Dare, so. Um, and the rookie. Course. and the rookie yeah, yeah. well right. at this point they think the rookie's dead they kind of they That's kind of true. wrote him off at this point <laughs> they <did. laughs> they're just like they've, ah. they've, they've given up we have to leave they're just but he's, to get he's out really into dare he's like oh i gotta get dare and they're like you know what the rookie's dead ah, whatever who cares about well, the rookie dare is his lady it's his lady friend mm-hmm. plus she's oni i mean there's some layers going on here layers, layers. like an onion <laughs> somebody once told me we have to go into the tunnels no. and find Dare. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the all right, so so we're done. We're done with that. Um, we do kind of just go back to Rookie. He's looking at the biofoam canister. Um, he hucks it on the ground, and then and then he he hears Dare's voice. He hears her over the comms, um, and she's. But he says nothing. He says oh, he nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Um, they do make, I think we'll talk about the next mission. They do. There's some comment on that, but, um, yeah. So that kind of sets up what we're supposed to do next. And we will talk about on the next episode. Um, if, is there anything else on this walkthrough you guys want to touch on? Otherwise we'll do some community stuff. Yeah, I got, I got some few little bits. Um, chronologically, this is the last flashback level of the game. And it's the last time the player plays as any other squad Mm -hmm. member other than the rookie. Uh, this is the only level where the Huragok recharge stations appear or squid houses. Um, there's also the only level in the campaign where no firefight maps are based oh. off, which is huh. interesting. Um, the Phantom and the Ghost that appear at the first closed Hergoth race station in the alleyway can be easily destroyed by destroying yep. the station itself. That's actually fun to do. Um, this is the last flashback mission and the only time the player gets to fly a Banshee in the campaign. It's also the second time the player plays his book. Mm-hmm. And there's your, there's your in- intro little bit of bits There's nuggets. also a really fun Easter egg in this mission oh yeah 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 you guys didn't know about this i'm surprised but um i think it's in the second city part that you go through once you've gone through the tunnels a couple times and it's on one of those walls that kind of line this this big square that you can kind of fly around and if you go you'll have to look it up but you go over to it there's a there's a monitor and you kind of drop down a couple levels you get out of your banshee and you get to see a beautiful dance done by Marty <laughs> and those little hearts, those little hearts with wings kind of flying Mario out Donald. of him and He's bubbles. And I think it plays a little song. So that's so good. If you want to see Marty do a little dance, uh, definitely play that. It's really funny. Do you know if there's an achievement for that? No, for there's not. Mm-mm. No, I don't think so, because I hadn't seen it in game. I don't like the, the picture of Mario Donald like dancing like that. I've seen that, yeah, okay. but not in the game. So gotcha. if there was an achievement, David would know about this Easter egg. That's true. Uh, I would have had it. That is true. All right. Uh, let's do some community. Um, do either of you have up community stuff? Um, I have Discord do, up. Discord. All right. Why don't we you start? You start, Krista, because I'm getting through Facebook. All right. right so... Uh, Colin asked, which giant walking machine is more intimidating and why? The Scarab <laughs> from Halo or the AT-AT from Star Wars? And we made a little poll on the Discord and Scarab had 12 and AT-AT had 1. Alright. <laughs> so just some of the comments. Uh, Redacted17 said the Scarab can shoot a giant laser that one-shots like everything 
and all the AT has is two pew pew lasers. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, Shadow of replied and said, pretty much the same reason as redacted. The scarab is much more of a formidable foe, while the ATAT is a giant camel with minor lasers. <laughs> I want <laughs> every good. laser to fire on that man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Master Chief doing a dance. Uh, <laughs> uh, Matt says, the scarab is alive. <laughs> that automatically makes it 10 times more interesting. Yeah. And good. Th- that's, a, true. that's about Pretty it. True. So. There is our Discord. I uh, I went back and forth on this question. I mean, I mean, obviously, right? I mean, we're all Halo people. I mean, maybe if you would ask some Star Wars people, they would say ATAT. I mean, there were some votes for that, but I'm, I'm sure there are others, other giant vehicles. I think somebody else mentioned like the the. Uh, well, actually, David, you'll get to that. Some of the other comments. Yeah. All right, you do it. I'm gonna get it right now. So on Facebook, Colin Parker's created a poll. It says, "Which giant walking machine is more intimidating?" <laughs> Sounds familiar. Uh, the Skyrim from Halo won with plus 33 yeah. votes, which is a lot. The AT-AT from Star Wars got three votes. Uh, Mechanical yeah. Spider from the Wild <laughs> Wild good. West got addition. two. That's pretty funny. So Daniel Griffin added that. That was funny. Big Things from the War of the Worlds added by Colin Perkins. These are way creepier. Like yeah. Those machines are super creepy uh, in the War of the Worlds. Um, just in terms of like what intimidating well when i created the poll i added that answer late um when i created the poll all i could think of was the atat at the time so i probably should have noodled on that a little bit more there are other sci-fi walker things out there but um i don't know i just wanted to do a little comparison between star wars and halo i guess of course of course uh some more questions there are comments jesse white (laughs) says this is super easy man uh, Ian says, yeah, AT-ATs look like they're about to fall over at any moment. If Carter had flown his pelican into an AT-AT, it'd still be, he'd still be alive today. Just saying. So that's pretty funny. Uh, Mike says, while it's easily a scar, but it would be clear here if I f- open the front door and see either mm-hmm. of those monstrosities, I'm shitting my pants. Uh, Colin says, what about the things from War of the Worlds? And he added it. And I said, lol. That's it? Oh, man. I lol, like Colin. No, that's that's it, baby. Um, yeah. Great. I mean, fun mission. I don't... I wouldn't put this up on like my the top three missions, but it's fun. You know, it's it's. A, oh man, I really enjoyed yeah, it. It's yeah, a cool great mission. mission. So. You always know it's going to be a pretty good mission when you get in a banshee and you're in the banshee the entire mission. Totally agree. Absolutely. It was a well designed mission. It is like pretty corridory, but it's fun. Um, just kind of like jumping out of the jumping out of the banshee at certain times, going on foot. It's been fun and then jumping back mm-hmm. in again and taking out a scarab i mean it's got a lot does it you do a lot mm-hmm. in this mission in a yeah, short period cover of time a long distance cool. for sure all right that will do it for a debriefing of kikawani station from halo 3 odst on the next episode we'll be covering data hive send us your thoughts at podcast evolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcast evolved on twitter until next time evolved evolved evolved, evolved.